Good afternoon, folks. Welcome to this week's episode of the Legal Beagle Podcast. Today, we are joined by a special guest. His name is Clayton Trevilion. He is uh, interested in going to law school. He's finished his undergrad at ASU and got his master's there as well. Also a former uh, Army Reserveist, reservist, that's how you say that. And I just want to talk to him more about his desire to go to law school, why he thinks law school might be the next step for him, and then, of course, answer any questions that he has. Welcome, Clayton. Well, thank you for having me. So we were just talking before we started the podcast, and you said that one of the reasons you wanted to go to law school, you classified as uncivility. Explain that to me. Um, so it seems like a lot of people just are shouting at each other nowadays, um, and it seems like a lot of things can get resolved through like a logical, rational, non-immature way through the legal system. And so I think that's why I'm trying to tackle possibly going to law school is to bring some civility back to this chaotic world. <laughs> that's it's very true. I call it public discourse sometimes. You're exactly right. I think people want to polarize themselves. You use that word. I think it's a great word. There are people who are so far left and so far right, they can't even see what the middle looks like. And I think there's some truth in what you're saying. So where are you at in the process? What have you started to do as you kind of look at going to law school? So I just uh, got my books through Amazon. A uh, bunch of books are getting delivered. I'm pretty sure the UPS guy hates me by now, but um, just kind of dove into the intro sections, starting to kind of get my feet wet, took a practice logical reasoning session, I believe last Sunday. So this is to prepare for the LSAT? Yes. Do you have a date in mind of when you'll sit to take that? Uh, right now, I'm hoping for March 30th. I believe that there's a date open then. Um, and that could get pushed forward, pushed back, depending on how studying goes over the next few months. So when I went to law school, I kind of took a, a three-step approach to the process. The first was to take the LSAT, okay. right? I didn't do great on the LSAT. Admittedly, I did not do so great on the LSAT. Okay. The logic games killed me. I should have went to a prep course. I didn't. I'm not saying you need to do that, but I didn't go. I just kind of used the books that you have and, and figured I could do good enough to get in. And I applied to ASU and I didn't get in. And so I had to go to the backup school here at the time. It was Phoenix School of Law. It then became Arizona Summit, which is now defunct. It's out of business. So the only law school in the Valley is Arizona State. There's obviously a ton of law schools in this country. I'm just saying specifically the, the Valley. And I was eliminated, I had kids, so I couldn't leave Phoenix. So I went to, to Phoenix School of Law to start, but I immediately called the Dean of Admissions at ASU and I said, look, I know I didn't do great on my LSAT because that score is everything to them. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why they put so much weight on it. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure it out either through all the research I've done. All I know is it's really important, so that's why I got all these books. <laughs> it's extremely important. In fact, I think you have an amazing background, the fact that you went to undergrad while serving in the Army Reserves. You've now got your master's. I think that's, in a, great, that's a great story to tell, and that's what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. But if you get, and the, the scores range from like the 140s on the LSAT all the way up to the, like the one, I think 180. Yeah. yeah. If you get in the 170s, you can go to Harvard if you want. They don't care about anything else but that score because that matters in their national rankings, how they're ranked as a school. So if you're in the 150s, you may not have that opportunity, right? Even if you have this compelling story. So it is important to, to get a good score. But back to that story I was telling you, I got to uh, the Dean of Admissions, was talking to her on the phone, and I said, look, I know I didn't get in to ASU the traditional way because my LSAT score wasn't good enough. How do I transfer in? And so she gave me this step-by-step this -step plan and said, look, go get involved in every activity 
uh, club that you can at law school. Don't just be a bookworm. Because if you get all A's but you did nothing, yeah. that doesn't help you. Go meet all your professors. Being a little bit older when I went to law school made it easier for me to go sit down with my professors and just talk to them. Okay. I strike, um, or I get that from you, from the way that you have this conversation. You're not gonna have any problem talking to anyone, but go meet your professors, right, and get to know them because they all wrote me letters of recommendation. And then kick butt in school, which I did. And so I transferred over to ASU after my first year and then finished my my law school up there. But do you are you limited to applying to one school or, or are you willing to go anywhere? Um, so I got a lot of roots here in Arizona, so I'm not, I don't, I do not have a big interest in going out of state, especially for the out of state tuition costs. Um, Sandra Day O'Connor seems to be pretty reasonable. Um, especially since I already have my living conditions all taken care of. I have a portion of my GI bill that's left over still. It's a small portion. Um, so it makes more sense for me to stay here. It's kind of a one and done thing. If I don't get in, I may or may not go. Well, and yeah, you're limited now because now that that second law school is gone, you don't even have that backup option. If I could start there and then transfer over, it's either I get into ASU or I don't. So my my uh, recommendation is study your butt off for that LSAT because that score will mean everything. Your undergrad grades mean a lot. Everything you've done in your life means a lot, but that LSAT score, they really hang their hat on it. And you, you brought up an interesting point about ASU. The reason I think ASU is ranked so high is because their their tuition costs are lower than most law schools, which we didn't talk about this before we started, but I'm interested to know if you thought about this. Do you understand like the debt that you could get into to go to law school? I, I've heard some pretty gross numbers over the past six months of research. Um, you know, they, you know, it's hard to get a, a, an exact figure from them. Um, and this is something that maybe you can answer about, you know, working a part-time job, going to law school, not, I don't, I know, Medical, when you're in medical, medical school, they tell you you can't work a job because you got to focus on, I don't know if that applies and transfers over to law school. Um, but, you know, I, like I said, I got a little bit of the GI Bill left. I have a little bit of a cushion there, but, you know, something I'm trying to avoid. I avoided majority student debt going through undergrad and the master's program, and I'd like to keep on that path as much as possible. If there's a way for you to do that, I would tell you to do it. Now, not to dwell too much on the LSAT score, but... The higher the score, especially if you want to go to ASU, and yeah. I know this for a fact, I had a friend who got a, a score in the 170s, got offered uh, entry into Harvard, ASU offered them a full ride to come here because they're competing now for that student, right? And so they didn't pay anything for law school. Now that's fantastic, right? So if you go kill the LSAT, you're not going to pay for it at all. Yeah, that's that's the that's the the plan is there's a lot of moving pieces that needed to need to happen for me to really go to law school. Um, and, and that's one of them is it's getting a good LSAT score. That's why I'm studying seven, eight months out. Um, and to get a substantial financial aid package offered. And that's why, you know, I'm not looking at a top 10 school. I think ASU is 25, 27, somewhere right. around there. Yep. So, you know, I think it's something reasonable if I do get a good score, but just get my feet wet and we'll, we'll see what happens when I take a full on, uh, practice test yeah you'll have an idea once you get into that environment and put yourself under the the time pressure yeah. of what they would actually give you for the exam because it just makes an it adds that element of, of stress that you normally wouldn't have to answer your question about working they discourage you from working the first year of law school yeah. i think there's actually even a rule under the aba the american bar association that says you can't work i think i don't want to misstate that but they discourage it because that first year is like drinking out of a fire hose. I mean, it's just so much information yeah. and you just don't really have time to focus elsewhere. Years two and three, you're able to start working. I think they limit the number of hours that they 
want you to work. There's no one really checking that, so I don't know how you'd really get in trouble if you're working more than that. Although you'll know in your grades, right? You'll know in your your effort in school if, if you're not applying yeah. yourself or you can't because you're so busy doing other things, you may struggle. But I actually worked the second and third year. I started an investment company with a friend of mine that was also in law school just to raise money so that we could start our firm once we graduated. But we didn't really work at all that first year. We just focused on on school. Because that first year is when they set the foundation yeah. for everything you're going to learn throughout your entire law school career. Okay. So let me ask you this. If all goes well, you get into ASU, you go through the program, you graduate, take the bar and pass it. Do you have an interest in a certain area of law at this point? Or is it still too early to think about that? Uh, you know, the... the millennial in me wants to you know go after and tackle all the political issues the finance major in me wants to go be a, a big you know mover and shaker on wall street it, it could go any any direction but um i'd like to think that i would like to lean on the side of doing good well no matter what you do i consider it good because we need lawyers to help in our system to allow the system to to work and sure, yeah. it's a very important part of what what society needs. And and I think the the nice thing about law school is you get the chance to go figure all that out because yeah. not only do you take courses that are leaning towards those things, you may take, you know, securities and be like, I hate this stuff. I don't want to be on Wall Street. Yeah. You may love it because of your finance background and say, this is amazing. This is what I want to do. But you also get to intern. And there's there's interns, internships all throughout. So you can even leave just for the summer and say, I just want to go intern somewhere for the summer and come back. Or there are plenty of great firms here to intern. I would say get as much experience early as you can. Now, some are paid and some are not. That's the thing you have to kind of balance yeah. with, you know, your living expenses. But it's a great way to learn what you want to do because by doing that, that's why I figured out what I didn't want to do, which then started to narrow my focus into what I wanted to do because I did family law and I'm like, ah, that's not an area that I'm really that interested in. But there's a lot of people I went to school with a guy who became a JAG officer. So with his, his um, military background, he used it. And then I think they, I don't know if you looked into this, but they forgave his entire yeah. tuition. Is that how it works? Yeah, they will They will forgive a, a good portion, if not everything, um, depending on how many years you do. But I, I could be a little bit mistaken on that, but as far as I know, they do give forgive a good portion, if not all of it. Well, I'll tell you what, I know we're at the 10 minute mark. Um, do you have any questions before we wrap up? Um, Probably just be general. How did you prepare for the LSAT? You know, getting a little bit of details about that. But other than that, we'll tell you what, I will make myself available to you throughout this process. Stay in okay. touch, text me, call me, just say, hey, I have a question about this. It's always good to have people who have walked down a path before you yeah. to lean on because then you're, you don't feel alone when you're going through it. And you're frustrated and you're stressed out when your logic games are, are giving you trouble. So okay. I'm here to help you with that any anytime you need. And then, Will you, if you get into law school, can we do a follow-up podcast to talk about the journey from now until the start of law school and kind of what that looked like? Come Absolutely. back and do another podcast? Absolutely. Okay, Clayton, I appreciate the time. Thanks, man. All right.